0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back. Season two of the Hoop Genius Podcast. Mo Muncy, BJ Armstrong, the best duo we've seen since Shaquille O'Neal and Kobe Bryant hit the NBA.
1: <laughs> <laughs> what are you like telling me, BJ? Uh... I like what are you that. telling me?
0: Hey, who's who though? Who's who? who, who? Which which I, part I, of the duo am I, I? I feel like I feel like I'm Shaq because you know I'm I'm I got the the big big fella source. You know what I'm saying? Oh, big and, body! Uh, you got a big body. You got a big body. Big body, big buddy Ben's like you know. Oh, what okay. Mean? And okay. Uh, and your obviously bringing the skills, bringing the IQ, the vision on the court. I see. Right.
1: Okay. You know, I'm
0: bringing the brute force. I'm okay. bringing hey. the brute force tearing down backboards all over the NBA media stratosphere. We're back though. I feel like this isn't even season. This is like season one and a half because right. last season was kind of not even a real season in my opinion, you know, with all the COVIDs and half the season and like, starting at Christmas and it was chaos. So let's get cooking fresh. We're going to be doing this every week this year. We're going to be coming at you live on the airways and you to be able to tune in and chop it up with not only the very best former player in NBA media, I see a lot of cats on TV. I'm not going to say their names, but none are better <laughs> than B.J. Armstrong <laughs> and myself.
1: Oh, of course. And I don't yeah, need yeah. to speak about myself.
0: I don't need to tell you guys. You guys, oh, I, uh, t- hey, hey,
1: you all about that action. So you go show it instead of talking about it. You don't
0: talk That's about it. Saying. You you go be about it. I, say, I said I'm top three, not three. And if you don't believe me, just watch me. Let's get it going. Uh-huh. B.J., the NBA season has tipped off this week. Yes. And what a way it tipped off. First of all, first of all, I need to chat to you about this real quick. The Milwaukee Bucks got their championship rings last night. Did you see the rings that they got?
1: Yes, I saw the rings. And these rings are so, like, where do you wear something like that? Very it's- unique, very creative, and I mean, where where are they going to go
0: next with this? Very creative, though. The the, the favorite part for me is you can actually detach the front of the ring and wear it as a pendant, so you can wear it as a chain, which I think is cool. But you obviously have three NBA championship rings. Now, talk to me. Do you ever wear them? Do you bring them out on special occasions? Do they stay locked up? Are they in a display cabinet for guests that come to the house? What's the deal with you? Or, Or, like, did you wear them a lot when you just won them? Talk to me about what it's like being a championship and having not one not two but three championship rings.
1: Yeah. Well, mo you know it's a, it's a great question and the the answer is no. I've never worn them. Not once. Not one time. I received it. I thought they were cool. I thought they were great. I looked at it. My family looked at it. I took them to the safety deposit box and they've been there ever since. <laughs>
0: That's <crazy>. Literally. <laughs> L- literally.
1: <laughs> I I have not seen those Ring since 1990. When's the last one? 92, 93. I haven't seen. it. You might want to check that they still in that safety
0: deposit
1: box. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I, I, need to, <laughs> I need to check. I really do. I I'm I don't wear any jewelry other than my wedding ring. I don't even wear a watch. And the thought or the idea for me to wear something that that's that gaudy and that big, and a, t- a, a you know seeking that type of attention. It's just not part of my personality. So, but every year I love to see what's next and every year they are topping one another with more and more diamonds and more and more added features and, and I thought that was pretty cool though I thought the design
0: of the Milwaukee Bucks ring was pretty cool and uh, I, I really liked it actually. With the significance of, what is it, like 360 characters, because that's how many games they've won since that ownership group took over. The (laughs) number of diamonds represents the area code for Milwaukee, and then there's a QR code on the inside. And if you scan it with your phone, you can watch the highlights from the championship run, and stuff like that. It's very futuristic. I've got to give you credit, though, because if I ever had an NBA championship ring, you would never see me not wearing it. I'm making sure the whole world sees that shirt. I'm going out in, in the morning, I'm going to get my coffee, wearing a ring. I'm going oh, wow. to the office, wearing the ring. I'm going out, wearing... The... You couldn't tell me anything.
1: I, I I have a little secret here I'll share with our, with our listeners and our audience. I make fun of everyone who wears their rings on television.
0: <laughs> <laughs> For the big diesel? I, uh,
1: I make fun of everyone who wears their I think, like, you're sitting there and... You know and they're like they're doing the interview like this with their ring on so you could see it so <laughs> if you want to get a good laugh i i, I just make fun of everyone i don't care what sport it's the really only
0: exception movie. the only exception though is bill russell because that man's got more rings than fingers can't yeah, say what he's got 11 what he's at he has yep, 11 right 11. 11
1: yeah and i just think it's really funny i think it's funny that people wear their rings and you're, you're kind of showing but you know what? You should be proud. It's it's not something to take lightly, but to me it's really funny. I'm like, you know, I was fortunate enough to play, fortunate enough to play enough times in my career to have won not one, but multiple. So I feel very fortunate, but I never
0: wear them at all. Which is your favorite though?
1: If you if you, the very if you first, the first yeah.
0: is that the one you'd keep if you go the first, one yeah, them? yeah,
1: yes. The 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 very first because it was all new and watching a new champion is to me is one of the thrills of sports and that's why I picked Milwaukee to win it this year because once you get that experience the confidence that you get from winning and going through that experience as a group and you're able to bring the core group back together it's something changes I, I wish I could tell you exactly what changes Mo but you could see the way they played last night with the level of confidence and the game slows down the pressure there's no more pressure there to, could they would they and but the very first one mo was when i tell you it was a thrill of a lifetime it was great because you didn't know what that felt like you didn't know what to expect you didn't know how you were going to react and you know as a kid i always watch and i'm like why is this person crying like that seems like, yeah, why, why would you cry? You should be as happy. You should be trying to find the the, the the champagne to celebrate. But once you win, you're just overcome with all these emotions and the emotion of, you know, it means something to you in your life. You know, it's, yeah, you get paid to do it. Yeah, it's just a game. But more, you realize your whole life has been committed to just a, that one little moment. And I that when we won, I had no idea, and um, whether it's tears or joy or whatever it is,
0: it all comes out at once. And um, so that very first one is the one that means the most. Man, I would say I wish I knew what I felt like. But what I'm gonna say to you is, I will find out what I feels like. Yes. Whether I'm the GM, the scout, the damn TV reporter, I'm gonna find a way to win a championship ring, and that's facts. No one can tell me otherwise. So we'll circle back to this conversation one day when you yes. start making fun of me for wearing my ring out on public <laughs> and out on TV. Yeah, I'll let you make will all be. the jokes you want. <laughs> yes, you yeah, Yes, but, you will. But let, let me ask you this. You know, I'm I, I've been watching a lot of boxing recently, right? You know, the Tyson right. Furious of the world and all these other guys. And for me, I always look at this thing in boxing. When the two guys are in the ring and they kind of have that stare down at the very start, Mike Tyson used to say he knew he wanna fight when he was staring into his opponent's eyes and they wanted to look away, right? So it's a kind of a mind game. You've got the psychological edge on your opponent. Now, you don't really have the equivalent of that in the NBA. But I was watching the banner being raised last night in Milwaukee and all the crowd going wild. Meanwhile, the Brooklyn Nets are there waiting to take to the court to get their season underway. How much of an advantage does that give the Milwaukee Bucks psychologically? just seeing that championship banner going up and, you know, the fans going crazy and them thinking we got to do it again, or does it have the opposite effect? And now Kevin Durant is going to unlock a whole nother level this season of he's had to watch them raise their banner. So now it's my, his turn.
1: Yeah, my experience with that mo has always been the exact opposite. The other team has so much motivation and Whenever you give a team, at least in that era, bulletin board material, that's what we called it. It was very hard to overcome that. And just like playing in the NBA finals, the closeout game, especially at home is the toughest game. Why? Because the NBA has all the confetti hanging above Mm -hmm. in the, in the rafters, which everyone can see the champagne is sitting in the hallway for everyone to see. The commissioner is there in the building for everyone to see. And everything is there for the celebration. That's how I feel about that night. You know, the the crowd is there. We are the champions. And there's all this celebration. And it breaks up your routine of getting ready to play because you want to receive the ring and you got to shake the commissioner's hand. So for me, that first game, I lost every single game. I lost because the other team was sitting there going, oh, okay. They the champs because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. your routine is all messed up. Now, what was interesting is Milwaukee, they did the exact opposite. I think Milwaukee, if this makes sense, Mo, they're playing – they're going to play this year with a chip on their shoulder because everyone's going, oh, they just got lucky last year. The mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think this <laughs> year they want to prove that they –
0: can repeat, and that it wasn't a fluke. Well, this is what I was saying. The other factor is the pressure's off them. Because before the past three or four seasons, there's always been the pressure lingering over our uh, Matt Budenholzer can't coach the playoffs? our oh, Giannis can't get it done in the playoffs? our oh, Chris Middleton can't get it done in the crunch time? Now, they don't have any of those things lingering over them. So they've not got the pressure. But like you said, they still have the chip on their shoulder. I think it could be the perfect storm. And we can't not talk about it. We're going to talk about it quickly. Cause we're going to talk about this guy a lot this year. I got a feeling. Giannis Santos. Oh, now you called me during the game. And what stood out to me is you said he's in better shape. And I said, yeah, he looks less muscly. He looks less huge. Right. But in my opinion, that's why his jump shot is going to take a leap this season. You saw how smooth the free throw routine was. He didn't take 10 seconds. He was getting them up in four seconds. You saw how confident he was with the pull-up jump shots because what people don't realize is when you have the massive lap muscles and the massive shoulder muscles, it changes your positioning when you're holding the basketball. Therefore it changes your shooting form. And that's, you know, there's a lot of players like Russell Westbrook who I'm sure we're going to speak about shortly. if you look at Russell Westbrook's career, the more muscle mass he's added, the worse his jump shot has gotten. So Jan is looking a bit slimmer and his jump shot looking a bit more fluid to me. Is scary hours for the league because he's still just as strong as before. He's just less stiff in the upper body and the shoulders and the lats area. And that shooting stroke is a lot smoother. But what was your take in seeing him? Because I predicted or I called MVP and Defense Player of the Year for Giannis this season. Well, Mo, what's scary for the rest of the league
1: is that it didn't take two or three weeks, it didn't take two or three months for us to see what he was doing over the summer after winning an NBA championship. (laughs) It took about two seconds to say he's a better shooter. Mm -hmm. His decision-making seems crispier than Mm -hmm. a year ago. He seems to be playing with more confidence and the team seems to be playing with more confidence. And one of your favorite coaches, coach Bud seems to be coaching (laughs) with, with more confidence than he was a year ago. I think he's taking my feedback on board. Yes, he had, Mo, he must have a direct link to you and all of the podcasts where we're doing. Because (laughs) last night, Mo, he was the the way the team played and led by Giannis. The, The thing that Giannis has improved on is I always look for the leadership from up top. Giannis leadership is much better than it was a year ago. It's much better. You can, you could just tell the way the team plays. There's no arguing about what role and the new guys that are coming in, the Grayson Allens and all of these guys, you Mm can see how they fit right in. Mm -hmm. And that starts at the top. And that starts with Giannis. So Giannis leadership now rivals LeBron James leadership. His his leadership now. Oh, no, no, his leadership. Because we can see the talent. We can see all the talented players in the NBA. You can argue who you think is the best player, right? If you said James Harden, okay, there's an argument to be made. If you said Kevin Durant, Steph Curry, LeBron James, there's an argument to be made. Giannis, Luka Doncic. But leadership is something that you can tangibly see because you don't win without it. And it has to start with your best player. Giannis, now, you can see the way his team played and how they responded, not only last year, but, you know, in this one game, you can say, okay, now he's playing the mental side of the game along with improving his jump shot, along with improving his free throw shooting, along with him. I saw a stat the other day that that I go, wow, he's made more threes than Anthony Davis. I saw that stat. And I thought, I, I, never would have th- I never would have thought that. So you could see how serious Giannis is about his game and his craft. And I'm just excited to watch this young man for the next five to seven to eight years because he's in his prime of how yep. good and how many championships he's going to attain during this, you know, next seven to 10 years or so. Giannis
0: was, of course, named to the NBA's top 75 players of all time. Absolutely. We're going to drop our... Top 75 players of all time in a few weeks for the yes. fans. We're going to come out and drop those. We're um, just going to get the start of the season out of the way first. I feel like I, if I was the NBA, I would have announced it around All Star weekend rather than at the start of the season, man. Everyone's, you know, it's kind of getting lost in the mix a little bit. Like today, they announced a bunch right. of players, and I don't think the fans gave it the attention it deserved. But we move, and we're going to talk about another player who I believe should definitely be a lock for the NBA's top 75, but did struggle last night. Let's talk about the other game. In the West Coast, the Los Angeles Lakers, of course, hosted the Golden State Warriors. LeBron James looked very locked in before the game started, and he's aware of the mission and the group of players he's got to lead. But let's talk about the guy who pulled up to the arena dressed like he was the female character in Scooby-Doo, Mr. (laughs) Russell Westbrook. (laughs) I'm a big Russell Westbrook fan. I don't mean any disrespect. I just yes. weren't feeling the outfit. I'm a huge Russell Westbrook fan. I love the tenacity that he plays with, the grit, the determination. I'm happy for him going back home, living his childhood dream of playing in the Staples Center. But here in the UK, at four o'clock in the morning, the trending topic on Twitter was Westbrook because of his performance last night. BJ, you rang me, very concerned about this Lakers team. Right. Very concerned about this Lakers team. I'm a bit concerned after watching last night because I thought that they were gel together significantly better than they appear to. Now I know it's a long season and it's going to take time to get together, but I thought, you know, these guys, Melo, LeBron, AD, Westbrook, they've all played together before. They played on multiple USA teams together, you know, and they're all veterans. They've all got very high basketball IQs and they'll get it together, but it appears it's going to take a while for them to get together. What's your take on the situation, in particular, Russell Westbrook? We can talk about the rest of the team in a sec, but we'll talk about Russell Westbrook first. Well, there are a lot of question marks, Mo,
1: as you know, I I have concerns. And my biggest concern with this team is defensively, what can they do at this age? You know, LeBron James offensively, he's too good of a basketball player. He's too incredible incredibly gifted as a as a as a as a a talent just as a talent to not do and have nights like he had last night right if he's making those type of shots there's nothing you really can do and he understands that at somewhere on the floor whether it's at the point guard position the small forward power forward position wherever they put him on the floor he's going to have an advantage every single night on the floor maybe not to the extent that he had let's say 10 years ago but he's going to have an advantage on the floor. Mm-hmm. So for him to have, if he's shooting the ball well and making tough shots like that, he's going to have a third, he's going to have 30 point games. Now the thing I'm most concerned about with this team is defensively. What can they do? Because speed and quickness is the one thing that declines with age. Offensively. Hey, I, I love watching LeBron and these guys age because they play like I play now in the backyard with my kids. I'm, I just want to pull stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to, you know, I want to feel your body before I move, right? You know, there's nothing yep, I'm going to yep. do fast. You know, like, my son's like, dad, you're just bumping me. Yeah, well, of course, that's all I could do right now. Yep. <laughs> so, I offensively, Melo is going to be 50 years old, and I'm going to tell you this. Carmelo Anthony is going to be able to score from the mid-range at 50, 60, 70 years old job, in an NBA job game. As he pull and, up. And, and a, okay, I have no doubt about that. Anthony Davis will figure out how to score because he's too skilled as a seven-footer not to. Russell Westbrook can overpower most guards, maybe not at the extent that he did, let's say, 8, 9, 10 years ago, but he could still overpower guards and, and overwhelm you with his athleticism. Where I'm concerned about this group is defensively, what can they do? What can they do? Because they're not getting any younger. And when you don't, when you, the one thing that you have the ability to do when you're younger is to recover. Okay. Russell, LeBron, you know, not so much AD, but
0: Carmelo and these guys don't have that ability to do that. Now, ironically, if you ask me to predict which of those guys is going to play the least games, I'd say Anthony Davis. Well, maybe because of the way he plays. Okay,
1: but Mm -hmm. here's the thing. You're playing against the Golden State Warriors. Now, they had Draymond Green, I believe, playing starting center. Or No, no. Draymond Green played the power forward. They had – uh, from UCLA, I can't. I can. I can see his face. I can't call his name right now. Starting at the it's, center, uh, it's
0: that start of the season feeling where his new face, new it's Kevon Looney, Kevon Looney.
1: Now, there should be an advantage for the Lakers on the offensive end and the defensive end. <laughs> there should be. Okay, there should be. There should be an advantage but the golden state warriors were scoring the basketball in the first quarter in the second quarter. And then their bench got going. Mm-hmm. Okay. Then their bench got going. Now that was a concern to me. I'm really concerned about them. I think Russell will figure it out, but here's what Russell's going to have to figure out. And I think I like so many other players who play played with great players understand this. When you play with a great player, a Jordan, or in this case, a LeBron James or Larry Bird or Magic Johnson, you have to learn how to play and play off of those players. Now, Russell Westbrook is about to go through a stretch where he's never been through, where he's going to have to learn how to play through a great player like LeBron James. He's going to have to go through and learn how to play because they have to get Anthony Davis going. And that is going to be the struggle for Russell Westbrook. Every night, every night playing, Michael Jordan would tell me, because he knew that I didn't have, I wasn't going to get the touches to go back at all of these other guards who are going to come at me. So if I'm playing in this game, and this is why I love playing with a superstar, like a Jordan, because Michael Jordan knew that Steph Curry was going to probably give me 30. But it was important that I keep Steph Curry honest on the other end. If we were going to win the game. He knew that Damian Lillard would probably give me 30 or 40. But he had to keep those guys honest in the game. And when you play John Moran, and when you play against all these other guards that are in the league. And he would, uh, he would make sure that I was able to keep, in my era, Isaiah Thomas honest. Tim Hardaway honest, Kevin Johnson, honest, Mark Price, honest. That's very important for because Russell has never had to do that in his career. Mm-hmm. That's what's happening. That's what happened last night. If, if Russell was playing on any other team last night, you know what the headline would have been? Steph Curry had a triple-double and Russell had six points. Mm-hmm. Okay. This is – now – The one thing that I'm looking for for LeBron James now is how is he and Anthony Davis going to help Russell to get going to where he can find his space in this team? Because it was important for when you played with those guys, the Pippins and the Jordans and, and all those guys, Steve Kerr found his space. John Paxson found his space. Craig Hodges found his space. B.J. Armstrong's found his space. Trent Tucker, we all found the space where Jordan would help us and Pippen would help us because we didn't have an opportunity to come back at that guy. And that's where Russell is going to have to figure out what's his space. And that's my concern for him and because Russell is a very competitive guy. And if he doesn't find his space, this could go really
0: sideways. So... I heard an interesting little tidbit from uh, Zach Lowe earlier. He said, last night, Russell Westbrook set zero screens off the ball. Now, when you look at LeBron James' teams, traditionally, LeBron James makes a killing off-guard screening for him with that inverted pick and roll because he's such a talented passer. And when he gets going downhill, no one can stop him. And he's, you know, he's elevated his shooting to the point where he's a pull-up threat as well. So, look at how the Brooklyn Nets used Bruce Brown last season when they had him going in... The screen role, but the smaller player setting the screen or the smaller player setting screens off the ball. You know, you're saying an off-ball screen and, you know, someone's curling off it or whatever it is. Maybe adding things like that to the offense for the Lakers is going to help Russell Westbrook because he's not going to be able to do what a you or a Steve Kerr could do in terms of finding their space and spreading the floor. And then when the superstar draws the double team, being there. I'm going to catch it. I'm going to shoot. I don't think Russell Westbrook can do that because he's not that good of a shooter. So I think they're going to have to find a way. And the other thing is, this is why I wanted to get on Anthony Davis is if you're playing with Russell Westbrook, who went zero from four from downtown last night, four from 13 from the field, he's not a prolific 3 point shooter. Now you're being forced to play him with a DeAndre Jordan in the starting lineup as well. Now, DeAndre only played 12 minutes. Um, You know, it's just cool. But I feel like to get the most out of Russell Westbrook, having Anthony Davis at the five would be the ideal situation because it just opens up the floor that much more to let him attack the inside like you know Russell Westbrook wants to do. Well, I think you make very valid points, Mo.
1: However, LeBron James in 19 years has always played with the ball in his hands.
0: And Mm -hmm. when it
1: comes back, I don't see LeBron James figuring out, especially at this stage of his career, how to play off the ball. He may do it for a quarter, yeah. but in the end, he has to play with the ball in his hand. Why? Because LeBron James, if you put shooters around him, he, he, he's gone to nine straight NBA finals. Mm-hmm. So clearly the formula works for him.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Now at this stage, I don't think LeBron James is going to get off the ball and say, pass me the ball. What In the it, end, he's going to go back to what works for him.
0: The, the, why did they acquire Westbrook? Because you know LeBron would have. Well, given it, a it, it Let's here, go here,
1: here's why. Here's why. Guy. Here's why they required him. This is LA and you need stars. Mm-hmm. This isn't a place where you get role players and you win. You, get, you need stars. <laughs> this is why they got him. This is why they got Russell Westbrook. So now, I do think that the intentions of figuring out how to make this work because as you as you stated earlier they've all played together they'll figure it out but the difference between playing in a usa basketball or an all-star game is suddenly now you have a team and you have to incorporate the aspect of a team which is an offense defense egos and all of the things you know you winning you losing and and how we should play and rotations and all of those things. So the, the, it, it's all way more sophisticated than what they've done in years past. I still think it has an opportunity to, to work because they, they had to have talked about this before. It's not like all of a sudden they got to last night and
0: go, oh, this is not going to work. Well, in all fairness, you know, like Avery Bradley, who's their best defensive player, he only, best defensive guard, I should say, only got added to the roster two days ago when they claimed him off waivers. Like, they haven't really had a chance to integrate. That's my biggest concern, just going back to your first point about the Lakers, is guarding that point of attack. You know, going up against, especially in a league where point guards dominate, the Stephen Currys, the Damian Lillis, the Jamarants, who are you going to stick on those guys? to Because because Westbrook ain't doing that at this stage. Yeah, well, the, he... he can try, but he ain't. I
1: have, I've had the great fortune to work with Russell. I've been knowing Russell since he came in this league. Mm-hmm. And I, and, and th- th- this is a tough conversation for me because I love Russell. I love him. Yeah. I love, yeah. but you know what? We have to be, give our uh, honest assessment. What's going on. Russell West, Russell Westbrook has always had the opportunity to be Russell. And when I say be Russell is to be very aggressive. He's an aggressive personality by nature. Okay, Russell Westbrook is what I call a mistake-prone player, okay? In this regard, he's like Scottie Pippen in some regard. Scottie Pippen needs five or six turnovers to be Scottie Pippen because you got to live with his turnovers so that you can get the 25 points, the 13 rebounds, the four block shots, the seven to 10 assists. But he needs, you know he needs space to be Scotty. Now, if I all of a sudden ask Scotty to cut your turnovers to two or three, he may not be Scotty Pippen. This is the relationship that you have to have if you're going to coach Russell, first of all. Now, Russell now is in a situation at this stage of his career where that Russell Westbrook that we are used to seeing with getting triple doubles, we don't need that here. Yeah. Why? Because he's not going to get enough touches to do that. So his efficiency rating has to dramatically increase because he he's going to go from getting anywhere from 15 to 25 shots, let's say a night that he was able to do throughout his career. If he gets 15 shots now, that's a lot of shots.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, 13. So last night. When
1: I played with Jordan and these guys, 15 shots that was a week worth of shots for me. So I had to <laughs> learn how to be three for five on an off night. I can vividly remember me missing a shot one night. I was like six for six and I missed a shot. And Phil Jackson calls a timeout. He goes, damn, are you going to make a shot tonight? Mm -hmm. Because those guys are going to get to 25 shots. LeBron James is going to get to 25 shots. Now Russell Westbrook is saying, how can he be seven for 14 every single night? yeah that that's this is a different mentality for him how can he have seven assists two turnovers that's a different mentality for him so if now instead of russell having 25 12 and 13 how can he have 16 6 and 6 with two turnovers it's a whole new game for him it's, man. A, it's a whole That's new game a whole new game because now we're committed to doing one thing here winning
0: mm-hmm. now
1: th- this is this is the thing about steph curry that i admire about him from afar steph curry went from being back-to-back mvp the number one guy and when when uh Katie. kevin durant came he said i gotta win and he did mm-hmm. it and I admire that. And then yeah. when KD left, the guy goes back to scoring 30 a night and, and is back to, you know, <laughs> I mean, he had, a last night, he had a triple double last night and he l- said he had what, a bad game.
0: This and, is what and I'm saying. A
1: bad night. So now Russell has to make this adjustment. I know Russell is committed to it and it's going to take some time. This, you know, I struggled when I first came to play with the bulls and you can look at it. You can look at the, the stats. I, because I, net, I never, ever had to play without the ball until I came to Chicago. I was always a point guard. I always had the ball in my hand. I was always directed to traffic. I was always the one who made the decisions. And suddenly, I not only had one guy, I had the other guy, Pippen, who was better than me at doing what I was supposed to be was the point guard. <laughs> <laughs> so this, was, this is not gonna be easy for Russell. Yeah, I, I, And it's going to be hard, but it's going to start with him. And I think they know this. I think LeBron knows this. I think every guard who's had to play with that type of star player understands it. And hopefully Russell understands it sooner rather than later.
0: Well, it's going to be interesting to see what happens out in the West. But your pick to come out of the Western Conference this season isn't the Lakers. I still no. think the Lakers will figure it. I think even if the regular season is horrible, LeBron James is still good enough, if healthy, to win you a seven-game series and win three or four of them in a row. But your pick for the Western Conference was the Phoenix Suns. Yes. Getting back there, interesting, given that last year they were the beneficiaries of many injuries. And I know you can only play the teams that were in front of you, but the first time they came up in a series against a team that was healthy, they got destroyed. So let's talk about the Phoenix Suns for a hot second um, before you get into why you think they're going to repeat as Western Conference fan champions, we've got to talk about the situation surrounding their star young big man right now, yes. DeAndre Ayton. Yes, he becomes indeed. the first number one pick in the past how many years to not receive a contract extension. The only other exception being Anthony Bennett. Now, Anthony Bennett was out the league quicker than you could remember. DeAndre Ayton was two games away from being an NBA champion at the age of 22. Why Has this situation occurred? Why do the Phoenix Suns not want to pay him? They paid Bridges. They even paid Landry Shaman. So why are they not paying the Big Father? Okay.
1: Excellent. Excellent question. And this is a lead question, Mo. It's not just Mm -hmm. the Phoenix Suns who are on the clock here and they are gaining all the attention of not playing or not paying the number one pick, DeAndre Aiden. First, let's say this DeAndre Aiden. Has been terrific. They don't reach the NBA finals without DeAndre Aiden. Okay. DeAndre Aiden last year, he guarded, okay, Anthony Davis. He guarded mm-hmm. the MVP, Jokic. Mm-hmm. And in the NBA finals, he guarded, which no one has figured out how to guard, Giannis.
0: Just on guarding Jokic, I have every defender in the entire NBA who's guarded Jokic for at least 15 possessions. Aiden has him shooting the second lowest percentage in the entire NBA. He only shoots 40% when he's guarded by DeAndre. Continue, though. Okay. So all of those players, all of those
1: three players, in succession, Mm -hmm. are max players guarded by a player who arguably, or it's reported, that he wanted the max. Yes. So without question, he is, without question, DeAndre Ayton is somewhere in that category of athlete who is capable of not only playing but competing at the highest level versus these players and without him they don't get to the nba finals now the question begs to ask in the nba is one question what is the effect of small ball in today's game okay with the exception of two players mo Mm-hmm. Jokic and Joel Embiid. All of the other centers in this league has been devalued. Yes. Okay. That's a fact, Mo. That's a fact. We are in the we, era. We see
0: it with Rudy Gobert every era, year in we, the Okay.
1: Rudy Gobert, we can sit here and, and look at Rudy Gobert. Rudy Gobert is outstanding on one end of the court. And it's clear that he is multiple times now defensive player of the year last year they had the best record in the league Rudy Gobert loses to a team minus Kawhi Leonard in the playoffs because of small ball okay Mm -hmm. so when you pay a guy in the NBA the max he has to do one of two things and you prefer that he does two things one, mm-hmm. he has to affect your top line, which is put people in the seats. People mm-hmm. will pay to see Steph Curry. People will pay to see Giannis. People pay to see Kevin Durant, LeBron James, so forth and so on. Or he has to affect your bottom line, which is he wins. Winning games. He wins games. He Now, if you look at Sorry. today's game, I want to just say this quickly. Yeah, DeAndre Ayton, you can make an argument. He's an important part of putting together a championship caliber roster. But I would be interested to think, and clearly Phoenix has this has to make this decision. What is the true value around the league of DeAndre Ayton? Because how many teams will actually build around DeAndre Ayton currently today? That to me is the value in which his team Aiden has to figure out and the Phoenix Suns has to figure out because right now there's only two bigs where you, you're you saying right now, Jokic, which he's not Jokic. Joel Embiid, he's not Joel Embiid. So now, what are you telling me? And that is the million dollar, literally the million dollar question that they've got to come to some agreement wherever that lands and they got to figure that out because small ball has affected the way we build teams today. I'm not saying I have to agree with it, but that's what it is. Okay, so
0: this is how I see the situation. In the NBA right now, there are four big men, strictly fives that are on max contracts. I'm not putting Anthony Davis and Bam Adebayo in this conversation because they're too versatile. They could play the four or the five. They're they're very versatile players. I'm talking about just just the guys that play only at the five, right? Okay. So Joel Embiid, and Nikolai Jokic. Both of those guys do both the things you ask for. They yes. put fans in the arenas, and they win you games. The other two big men on max contracts, Rudy Gobert, he does one of the two. He helps you win games in a regular season, but I don't think fans are pulling up to watch Rudy Gobert play. Okay. And the fourth big man on a max contract is Carl anthony Towns, who doesn't help you win games, but being in the small market in Minnesota is the main attraction for fans coming to the arena. He's their superstar player. Okay, that's max contract big men in the NBA. I personally wouldn't have given Gobert the max. I don't know how I feel about giving Carl Anthony Towns max, but Jokic and Embiid, we established some max contract players. Then we look at the other, the next tier of centers below that, right? So mm-hmm. I'm talking guys like Clint Capella, who mm-hmm. is just below Rudy Gobert when it comes to blocking shots and protecting mm-hmm. the paint and affecting defenses. And Miles Turner, who's up there with the best shot blockers in the league, and he can shoot the three ball and stretch the floor. Both of those guys make around eighteen million a year. Okay. That's a big gap yep. between the max contract and eighteen million a year. Mm-hmm. DeAndre Ayton is in a difficult place because, for me, right now, he sits somewhere between the two. Because right now, DeAndre Ayton was born in nineteen ninety eight. We don't know what DeAndre Ayton is going to be in two or three years' time. If he stays at this level, then he is in the second tier of Clint Capella and Miles Turner. But if you believe he can improve offensively and defensively, then he is worth considering in that top tier. If you believe that he's... Bear in mind, this guy is a number one pick, picked ahead of, Yo, uh, of, of Doncic and Trey Young. They picked this guy instead of Trey? Ice Trey? Max deal, Luka Doncic, Max deal, Shaggy Alexander, Max deal. They picked this guy number one, right? So, if you're the number one pick and and you've shown how great you can be on defense guarding those players that you've listed, the offense needs to take a step up because he doesn't really create for himself. And we watched him through the playoffs, right? His offense was offensive rebounds and lob threat on pick and rolls. We never saw them draw a play, all right, De'Andre is going to post up. Now, mm-hmm. if you're the Phoenix Suns and you believe he can take that role, it may be worth having a conversation about giving him a max contract. But if you believe that at the age of 23, he's already hitting ceiling, then I would see why you don't want to pay him above 18, maybe 20 million a year. So it depends on what you project De'Andre to be. Because bear in mind, it takes big men longer to develop in the NBA. It takes big men longer to find a role. Jokic didn't come into the league being a force like this. Joel Embiid didn't even play his first year. Then he wasn't dominating instantly in the way that he is now. So the question is, when DeAndre Ayton is 27, 28, do you see him being in the category of Embiid and Jokic? Or do you see him being in the category of Clint Capella and and Miles Turner? Well, what I see... Mo is a game now
1: where three-point shooting is here to stay. That's mm. what I see, okay? Jokic is an anomaly. There are always players to me that don't apply to the rest of the league. Jokic and Joel Embiid don't apply.
0: Yeah, because, this is what I'm saying. Because this-
1: Jokic is the, probably the most unique big, one of the most unique bigs to ever come into this league. Yeah. He's the he. You can make an argument today that Jokic may be the best passing big man ever in the history of the NBA.
0: I don't you can think make it's that, that tough of an argument. I don't think it's even a tough argument. Okay, to that's
1: what I'm saying. You can make this argument. Joel Embiid has a skill set. Okay, and I don't like to compare players, but when you talk about Akeem Olajuwon, Joel Embiid has a skill set that rivals him. In that regard, with his creativity, his footwork, how quick he is at a man his size, and he's bigger than a king. And mm-hmm. Joel Embiid could arguably be the defensive player of the year if he stays healthy. He, these two, to me, are separate players. Like, well, well this is the question two. I'm
0: asking. Now, Do you think Aiden could take the leap to
1: become an anomaly he, like that? He, here, here is here is what I would like to see from Aiden. Okay. DeAndre Aiden, do I think you could be a player where we can run our offense through? Yeah. Okay? And the reason I say this is because of the following. DeAndre Aiden defensively, he is a max player. He's a max player. Okay? But Clint Capella can make that argument. Miles Turner can make that argument. These guys, you know... DeAndre Jordan for he led the league in block shot all of these guys Dwight Howard JaVale McGee there's a lot of players that's in that defensive block shots alter the game so forth and so on now if you're going to be a max player though you have to be without question the first or second option and the thing that we have to establish with him which I think is a positive for him is to say I'm a max player and I'm going to show that my offense has improved enough to where there's no doubt in, my, in your mind, in my mind, that I could hold this down. Because I'm going to tell you something. Chris Paul changed the entire franchise around. They go from not making the playoffs to suddenly they're in the NBA finals. I'm not buying this. Okay, I, I'm buying I, it. I'm buying it, and I'm gonna tell you why okay. I'm buying it. I'm gonna tell you why I'm <laughs> buying it, and then I'm gonna let you. I'm gonna let you say I'm gonna tell you why I'm buying it. Is because leadership matters. Getting the ball to people where they need the ball. DeAndre Ayton, as you say now, is catching lobs. Who is he catching those lobs from? Who is he catching them from?
0: Yeah, mm-hmm? he's not. I, ca- I, he's not catching
1: them from Booker. Booker's putting the ball in the basket. Booker put seventy on your seeds. <laughs> I just had to throw that in there.
0: No. We're gonna edit that part. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna edit that. Up. But all jokes
1: aside, Chris Paul is a human organizer. Yeah. say what you want to. He's he's, he's organizer. He he's he's done. He did the same thing with Tyson Chandler when they played together. He he's doing it now with DeAndre Ayton. Okay, he did it with DeAndre uh, Jordan. Jordan. He's he's this is nothing new to him. Tyson Chandler. Okay, I know DeAndre Ayton is just as good as those guys. Now, that's all I'm going to say about that, and then I'm going to let you talk because he made a difference to this organization for them to go and you're going to be a GM someday to go from not making the playoffs to the NBA Finals that just doesn't happen. Mm-hmm. It just doesn't happen. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you got to give you got to give them credit, whether it's And I'm giving him credit because Monty Williams deserves some credit. But Chris Paul had to go out there and do it. Okay. Okay. And and give those guys credit where, where, you know, as you say, as you say, give them their
0: flowers. Yeah. Listen, I'm not saying Chris Paul didn't make it. Chris Paul made a huge impact. There's no denying that. But when people say that the Phoenix Suns didn't make the playoffs and then Chris Paul turned up and suddenly they're, they're contending to. Here's the thing that people forget. Okay. Okay. Remind me. Remind me then. The season before Chris Paul came along, they missed DeAndre Ayton for 30 games. Okay. Okay. Had he not missed those 30 games, he wasn't injured. He was suspended for 30 games. Mm -hmm. Had he not missed those 30 games, their winning percentage would have been good enough to put them in the playoffs. They were the only team undefeated in the NBA bubble, which means if the NBA bubble had just two or three extra games they would have still made the playoffs. Had the season not have got suspended, they would have made the playoffs. The reason why the adjustment that they made, okay, was taking Devin Booker off the ball primarily from the days where he was dishing out 70 points in losses and (laughs) bringing in a true point guard. Because before Chris Paul, they had Ricky Rubio. And you saw the impact of bringing Ricky Rubio in, letting Devin Booker play without the ball in his hand being able to move off ball and then get to his spots and get his shots effectively and efficiently. That was the difference. So had it not been for the pandemic, they would have been in the playoffs and had it not been for DeAndre Ayan missing 30 games with a suspension, they would have probably been the fifth seed in the West. So as great as the impact of Chris Paul, I just can't buy Chris Paul came in and turned this lowly franchise from the lottery to the finals. Like they were on the track to make the playoffs. Chris Paul made the difference between, maybe being a first-round exit and making the NBA Finals. But when people talk about Chris Paul being the sole reason that the Phoenix Suns even got to the playoffs, I can't buy that. I think the coaching staff and the well, front office okay, need credit for recognizing Mo, what the successful positions put Devin Booker but, but, but in. We the, team argue, but we can't argue.
1: But here, let's just argue the facts. That's what happened, though. Now, whether or not for circumstances, we can argue circumstances said coulda, woulda, shoulda, oughta, but what happened was they went from a team who never made the playoffs to Chris Paul getting to the finals. Now, <laughs> you could say what was going to happen, what we all project this could happen, but what this is what really happened. History will be <laughs> – history will say they went from a team that wasn't in the playoffs to the NBA finals and was two games away from winning it. That's what that's, – that's, that's facts. Now, yeah. we can argue – well, the pandemic, we could argue. Well, if he would have played, we could argue that. That's fun. We can all argue that. But let's also state what happened in between the arguments so that the <laughs> listeners can know what happened and
0: what we think would have happened. <laughs> <This> is, <laughs> is that fair? Is that fair? Is that it, fair, vote? Is I, that fair? I just I just have to make the point. Okay. Yes, yeah, make because the point. The rest of the team doesn't get the credit that they deserve. Like they, I'm all they his 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 flowers and his credit because he's a great player there's no questioning that he's a great player and and he deserves a lot of credit but the coaching staff the front office Devin Booker Mikael Bridges the impact of Jay Crowder joining the team I, the I development but, they all deserve the credit but, but, but not from you not not from you but from what I see Can we on say, TV this? Can say this can I say no one else gets credit, Just everyone
1: just says, no, oh, Chris But Paul. I want to say this. I'm going to say this about Chris Paul. And the reason I want to give Chris Paul his flowers, mm-hmm. Chris Paul gets drafted to a New Orleans Pelicans franchise. Somehow they turn that thing around. He goes to the Clippers. He goes to the Clippers. <laughs> <laughs> Come, Mo, just stop me when I'm wrong, Mo, and I'll stop. He goes to the All LA right. Clippers. And they didn't get out of the first round, but they get there and they turn that thing around. Lob City. Now, Mo. This is where I really I always respected him, but I really gained respect for him. Mo. They drop him off. No, he goes to Houston, and they are literally what a game away. What is yep? Game six against Game State, West Dakota Finals. Okay, he gets hurt, whatever it is. But, Mo, this is where I really gained the respect for him. They drop yeah. him and leave him for they dead you like. in, in Oklahoma.
0: <laughs> in Azkaban. <laughs>
1: no, Mo, raise your hand if you, Mo, had them making the playoffs.
0: No, no, no. no Mo, no, No,
1: no, no one Okay, now everyone – Mo, this is where I said, oh, I got to give this kid credit. Now, if you do it once – Okay, that's a shooty star. You do it twice. Okay, guy had a you know two good games. Mo, now you got to say this is who he is. Now you don't go to Phoenix, and then it happens again. And I go, no, I I can't say it's him. Mo, okay, it's okay,
0: okay, job. okay, okay. I, I want to play a game right now. I, 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 I want to just do an exercise in demonstrating the power of narratives in okay. sports storytelling. Okay, because you've just listed off a great run of career. That is amazing. Everything you've listed from New Orleans, the Clippers, everything it sounds amazing. But how about we spin it like this? Now, okay. I just want to say this. I'm not saying this is what I'm, I just have to say this, okay? Chris Paul goes to the New Orleans Pelicans and he's he's got some great teammates. He's got David West, Tyson Chandler, Yes, Stojokovic. Every single one of his teammates won a championship except for him. He then goes to the LA Clippers and throws away multiple 3-1 series leads in the playoffs. Yes. Turns over the ball in crucial moments down the stretch multiple times in game sevens to lose those series. Yes. Goes to the Houston Rockets. And, well, you can't fault him for being injured, but the other season he's with the Houston Rockets, there's clear chemistry issues with him and James Harden bickering and not playing together with the chemistry we know they were capable of playing. And then... He goes to the OKC Thunder. And yes, they surpassed expectations, but they were three minutes away from beating the Houston Rockets and getting revenge in that first round. And then with 40 seconds left on the clock, he turns the ball over, leading okay. to the Houston Rockets getting the go ahead basket. And then he yeah. comes to the Phoenix Suns and does a great job of leading them to the playoffs, getting to the NBA Finals. But it was the fact that he got locked up for four straight games by Drew Holiday. Drew Holiday had him in jail a for first four team games.
1: all defensive player. Drew Holliday. No, no, no also Holiday, Holiday had a him. first team all defensive player.
0: No, no, no. Hey, it this was guy a player traded for Eric Bledsoe. No, uh, the player traded okay. for Eric Bledsoe long. Did locked he the, or did he not no, make no, no, the no, first no, team all defensive? No, no, no. Did, did he, he or let did let he let not? Me just, let me finish. Let me let me okay. finish. Let me finish. Because I'm just showing you how the narrative can change things, right? The player that they traded Eric Bledsoe for. <laughs> Locked Chris Paul up for four games and cost them a champion. When else have you seen the team lose four straight games in the finals? Now I'm not saying like like. Well, I, I've that. seen that. You've I played in a. I played in the finals. Yeah, but he lost
1: four straight games. You know. you got to say Magic Johnson now lost four straight <laughs> games? I mean, come on. Okay,
0: come on. I'm, I'm you, you just can't saying. Say that. I, I'm just saying. No, Mo. This, you can't just it's, say. It's, it's interesting to me how. Imagine you're a brand new NBA fan and you talk to BJ about Chris Paul, and you talk to me about Chris Paul, you're going to leave thinking, who the hell is this Chris Paul guy? Is he the best player of all time? Or is he no, just no, some uh, any choke uh, eyes? I just, know, I just, you know, I've got to respect, all jokes aside, I've got a lot of respect for Chris Paul. And Chris Paul has been huge in the development of DeAndre Ayton's game. Yes, he but, has. But Yes, he has. But Chris Paul signing that big contract is the reason they don't have the money to pay because if they hadn't re-signed Chris Paul or Chris Paul had signed for less money, they could have just signed DeAndre and this conversation wouldn't even be a thing and there would be no drama around it because I think if they had the money to spend, then they would. They just don't want to go that far into the luxury tax because it would be additional 35 million for the one season on top of his salary in luxury tax payments that I don't think the ownership group want to get into. So it's just interesting to me how life works out and how yeah, narratives I, can I, form I, stories I, and whatnot. I,
1: I, I agree. I but get it.
0: Back but to, I- you know, just going back to DeAndre Ayton, because that's how this whole thing started. If you were, hypothetically, a GM right now, and you had to cut him a check for the season, what would that check look like? Would it be the 18 to 20 million of the Clint Capello, Miles Turner? Would it be max contract well, money? I, Where I do think I, you see him? Think I, I think, think he's it. awkwardly between the two categories. I
1: think he is somewhere in between the max and wherever Carl Towns and those guys, Ta- Turner or Ta- whatever. Ca- cats on the Max though. Okay. What, what I what I mean by that is I have Jokic and Embiid. I have Jokic and Embiid in a separate category. Then yeah. the next you have Carl Towns and Miles Turner and those guys, but I think town. Ta- uh I'm, I'm sorry, Gobert and uh Towns, Carl Towns in the next category. Okay. So I think he's somewhere in that category between Miles Turner, Clint Capella, Carl Towns, and, and Rudy Gobert. He's somewhere in yeah, there. Absolutely. He's somewhere in there. Now, now, do I think you can throw the ball to him and run your offense through him right now? And say, just go to work, Big fell and carry me. Because, no, he's, he's not that. And because if you're expecting him to do that, then you're preparing and you're putting him in a position for him not to be what he has shown the ability to do. He can defend. He can block shots. He can switch. He runs the court. He is a phenomenal rim runner. Mm-hmm. He's extended his offense. I'm hoping that he shows the ability to be that guy. I really am, and I think he could do it. But what I know about today's game, okay, and I'm and this is basketball one-on-one, you can't be a great big, I don't care what era, Kareem played with Oscar Robertson and Magic Johnson, Shaq played with Penny Hardaway, Kobe Bryant, LeBron James, Steve Nash. <laughs> Shaq you played with everyone. <laughs> you, you can't be a great big mm. without having a great guard, okay? Mm-hmm. And, and, and you can say whatever you want to about Chris Paul. Chris Paul is is a Hall of Fame player. No, no doubt, no doubt. Okay, and if you put Deandre Ayton with LeBron James right now or let him play alongside James Harden and these guys who are let let Deandre Ayton play with Jokic right now. Let Deandre Ayton play with Trey Trey Young and these guys who will be throwing them lobs and he this this guy can play. Now, yeah. the one thing I do know is the game now isn't coach where we're playing through bigs anymore. And he's not a three-point shooter. And he's not a ball handler like Jokic. But how many of those guys are? So that begs the question, which I started with, out of the other 29 remaining teams, how many of those guys would say, that's the guy we're going to build around? And I don't think that's happening because of the way the game is played. But if I you think- put DeAndre Aiden, if you put DeAndre Aiden with Steph Curry right now, or... Damian Lillard right now where you can't double team him and you allow the other guys to play screen roll up just like he's doing with Devin Booker. I think it's a problem. This guy has a chance and I, and I'm willing to bet on him and
0: I think he's going to have a terrific year. I really do. Yeah. Well, this is what I was going to say. You know, max contracts are very situational. Chandler Parsons got two Tobias Harris is playing on a max contract. Like I think a lot of times it depends on the context of, the team that you're with, what they need, you know, the kind of position because if they were in a position where, you know, Devin Booker was saying, I'm going to leave you guys if you let DeAndre go, they're going to have to sign him to a max contract because they have no leverage. You see what I mean? Like, a lot of times contracts depend on the situation. You know, imagine if he was best friends with Devin Booker and Devin Booker said, you have to pay him or when my contract's up, I'm going to walk. Then they're going to pay him. Like, a lot of times, I I, I think if, if there's pressure on the organization to continue competing, I think what they're trying to do, you know, just to finish talking about DeAndre, what they're trying to do with him is what the Atlanta Hawks did with John Collins last year. You know, let's let him become a free agent, restricted free agency. We can match whatever a team throws at him. If a team throws him the max, we don't have to match it. If he gets less than it, then we could just match it and he stays with us.
1: Exactly. This is what, this is... This is why I don't think this is a big deal. Is because DeAndre Ayton is betting on himself, as he should. If they want him to go to free agency, they want another team to give him four years at that number because they don't have. That's a that's a good deal for it's a, the it's Phoenix. Still Sox. less
0: than the max that they would have had to offer him Absolutely. before the deadline for the
1: extension. This is why I think DeAndre Ayton is doing the right thing. I think DeAndre Ayton should bet on himself. And I think DeAndre Ayton has an opportunity this year to say last year was not a fluke because I don't care what goes on and moves forward here. If that franchise is going to continue to have sustained success, Mm -hmm. it's not going to be because of Chris Paul. Chris Paul is getting older. Okay. Mm -hmm. It's going to be because of DeAndre Ayton and DeAndre Ayton has an opportunity this year, unlike last to say, he is the guy that
0: all everything will be ran through him. I've got one more question for the Phoenix suns. Now this year on the court, I can't answer this question because I never played on the court. Everyone else on that team is paid. Now bridges, Booker CP, Shammer, all these guys are paid. Mm -hmm. Deandre is the only one out there playing for his contract. Mm -hmm. Do you think that that's going to have an impact on the team chemistry or if it's gonna have an impact on no, their style. I is don't is he gonna be saying I need I need more time? CP, I need the ball here because I, I need to get my numbers, I need to get paid. You know,
1: let me tell you, I've I've played on good teams, I've played on bad teams. Mm-hmm. And when you play on a good team, you know, it's 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 so much easier to play on a good team because. The good teams know how to make sure they take care of whatever thing that needs to be taken care of without naming names we all were aware of who was getting paid or who needed to get paid and it was never a problem okay if we want a guy to i mean this is how twisted my mind was as a player okay if i can let you look like, getting 20 points a game is really easy okay that's basically five points a quarter. Mm-hmm. If you are, if you can walk and chew gum, you can score two baskets. <laughs> 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 okay. Yep. Okay. DeAndre Aiden, just get a rim run and a lob. This is what Shackaway says.
0: You yeah, can average 36. You can yeah, this average what just what get
1: eight points a Okay. Okay. If De- DeAndre Aiden, Chris Paul, if he so wants to. He could get this guy 20 to 25 points a night just on that. Yep. I didn't even say throw him the ball. I could get him 20 points. The good teams know. I knew how to get a certain guy. He has a career average of 32 a night. He has a career average. Okay. That's eight points a quarter. I had it figured out. I'll get... Every time we're on a 2-on-1 fast break, you know I'm coming to you. We're on a 3-on-1 fast break, I'm coming to you. Every single double, I'm coming to you. I'm going to get you two points. You got to get one basket by yourself. A steal, an offensive rebound, (laughs) something. You got to get one. And then every technical foul, every free throw, you will go to the line. That's eight points a quarter. After you get the eight points a quarter, It'll be nice for you to start sharing the ball with the rest of us.
0: This is easy. Uh, This is easy. That's how Shaq breaks it down. This is Shaq 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 breaks it down. This is easy. Give me me four post ups in a quarter, and I'm either going to get eight points points. or I'm going to get to the free throw line. line. And then on top of that, I've got offensive putbacks. I've got transition buckets. Easy.
1: We knew this. We understood it. We understood the business. We understood. So for me, this guy, DeAndre Ayton, is sitting in a great position. He has a great team. And I know that that coach over there understands the situation he's in. And I know those other players are rooting for him. Because none of them get to where they were at without each other. So take care of your brother. Take Mm -hmm. care of your big man. Mm-hmm. take care of your big man it's just like i all we always love this we always love this. i love to tell this story before every game when i played in chicago phil jackson would come in and he'd go hey guys what play we want to run and it was an inside joke and the inside joke was the first play of every game we always went to the big fella bill cartwright why Because you take care of your bigs because your bigs take care of you mm-hmm. you can't win without a big I don't care what era you're playing, you, you know what I mean. You can't win without a big. So as much as they devalue the bigs, when the game gets to the playoffs,
0: you still need that big if you're going to win in this league. And so that's, take take care of the big. That, they still run that today. If you watch most teams play, the even the Phoenix Suns, ironically, one of their favorite sets to run off the tip off. If they win the tip, DeAndre Ayton will tip the ball backwards. Chris Paul will catch the ball. And then Devin Booker sets the screen for De'Andre, and, and he'll yeah, just he, run straight at the rim. CP throws the lob over the top, yes. and that's the first bucket of the game. you, always if you watch the Miami care, Heat, uh, the first bucket will be for Bam Adebayo almost right. the same way. Keep an eye take Alfred, if take care of the bigs. That's why they call
1: Kareem the captain. You take care of the big fella. You take <laughs> care of Wilt. You take care of Shaq. You take care of the bigs. If you want to win in this league, You better take care of them bigs because they do all the dirty work. Brooke Lopez, you better take care of the big fella. Give him a few touches in there because the bigs take care of us little guards. It's like in football, American football, the linemen do all of the work. Now, the running backs and the quarterback, they get all the press clippings and the the wide receivers. But the bigs got to take care of those guys. So let's take care of the big fella. I'm excited for him. I'm happy for him. I'm happy that he believes in himself. Because if you don't believe in yourself, why should the other team? They, he could have taken what they offered him. He could have. I like the fact that he said, no, I'm, I, I know my value, and I'm willing to play it out. That, to me, shows, and this guy's got confidence. He's got confidence. If you believe in yourself, why should I believe in you if you don't believe in yourself? Go for it, big fella. I'm rooting for you because I love bigs. I was, just a, I was just a little guy trapped in this body. But if you, if I could have played at any position, I want to, I want to be one of the bigs. Those those guys, Pat Ewing and those guys. Man, those guys were
0: hey, that's a physical game. I'm the same man. way. I'm the but same you... way. But we're gonna talk about another contract extension issue. But for a guard this time. Oh. The bearded one. Not me. Not me. Oh. The other bearded one. Oh, Mr. Uh, James Harder. The, the, the other, you know, the one that people might not have heard of, James Harden, yes. um, has opted not to sign a contract extension with the Brooklyn Nets. However, he says he doesn't plan on leaving. Now, most times when a player does this, is so they can get more money entering free agency from the same team that they've declined to do their contract extension with. How are you really into this? Is there more than meets the eye? Or is he simply going to resign in free agency? Well, you know, we talked about this
1: and I, and, I, and I want to say this correctly. You know, Giannis did something a summer ago, right? A summer or two ago where he signed to stabilize the franchise up there in Milwaukee with a display of leadership. I'm going to be here. This is where I'm going to be. Now let's go play. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of things swirling around Brooklyn. We talk about as great of the talent they've assembled up there in Brooklyn. We're talking more about everything they're doing off the court more than what they're doing on the court. And now it's, I'm beginning to lose my patience with it. Okay. Because you have Kyrie Irvin, an incredible player, James Harden, incredible player, Kevin Durant, incredible player. All in their primes. Go for it. Like, hey, go for it because you never know when you get this opportunity again. You never know. You know, you get an injury. You, ball doesn't look fall, at last ball, year. Whatever. Yeah. Whatever. Whatever. Injuries. The case may Kevin be. Durant's yeah, foot on, on the line. Like. Okay. Go for it. Some things you can't control. Kevin Durant, you steps on the line. Hey, man ball bounces the wrong way, something. But control the things you can control. And Kevin Durant and, and, and Kyrie Irving and James Harden, stabilize your situation so that you can, we can talk about you on the court. I want to talk about these guys on the court. I want to enjoy and to see if the game actually can change and these guys can actually win just playing offense. But I'm beginning to lose my patience with talking about every single thing
0: <laughs> off the court
1: because I just want to talk about the game of basketball.
0: I don't want to talk nice. about what they're doing outside of the lines. And I'll, I'll give you guys, I'll give you guys a little insight. I just,
1: and that's and, and that's all I want to say about
0: it. Let me give the people a little insight, real quick. Before we start recording this podcast, B.O.B.J., what what topic should we talk about? And we both said at the same time. I am so damn sick of talking about Kyrie Irving and Ben Simmons and them not playing basketball. Let's talk about basketball. So
1: I am just just wanted the people to know. (laughs) Yeah. And I want to see James Harden say, you know what? This is where I want to be. And whatever happened in Houston, Hey, they did what he had to do. Now let's go. Now let's go play. Now you got traded where you want to be. And then all of a sudden, it's something else. And then we got to like stop and dissect it and analyze it. No, I'm not going there. I just want to see James play basketball.
0: That's what I want to see him play. I'd love to okay. see him win a ring. I, I and, would love- Exactly. Like, like, for me, you know, I'm not a fan of the Nets. I'm not a fan of the Lakers, but I think Russell Westbrook, James Harden most definitely should be on the NBA 75 list. They're two of the best 75 players to ever live, yeah, if Westbrook. not two yes. of the best 50 players to ever live, right? But in modern NBA conversations with fans or with media, they get so disrespected because they don't have a championship ring. And whether you buy into that or not, I would love to see those two guys win at least one ring each. before yeah, they and,
1: and, and I just want to see him play. I just want to see him play. Be one happy. of the best
0: scorers we've ever seen.
1: Yeah. I mean, this guy puts ever. up incredible, incredible numbers, but. I'm, I've am i lost all my patience now talking about everything, but I don't want to talk about what he's doing. On, what he's doing off the court is what he does. But on the court, hey, man, I love the guy. I love him. Mm-hmm. I've met James. I know James a little bit. But it's hard when we keep talking about everything but basketball. <laughs> what, does I mean, what does this mean? What does this mean? What is feel. he really saying? Is he going to be there? How are you going to build a team if you don't know who's going to be there? And this is This is what I said, Giannis, what he's doing. He understands, you know, everything stops and starts with him. And if you you want to be that best player, you have to take on that responsibility of what that means. You know, you can keep saying, well, I'm going to wait and see what they're going to do. No, I am the franchise. This is what I love about the great players they know and accept that responsibility and hold themselves accountable and vice versa. And that's the only way to do it. If you're going to be on a championship caliber team, which clearly they have, but I think now it puts everybody in an uncomfortable position. And it's something they'll probably have to talk about for the rest of the year. What does this really mean? What if they lose five games? Does that mean he's out? Cause everybody's going to say it now. So we'll see.
0: BJ, right now, there's someone out there listening to this podcast who isn't subscribed to this podcast. BJ, what does this mean? Well, this means
1: you should be listening to Mo and BJ on this podcast. You need to be hitting
0: the subscribe button. Because we're talking straight buckets. We're talking straight basketball. No drama, no nonsense. We're talking about the beautiful game of basketball because that's what we do best. And we're going to be here rocking with you all season. So make sure you have subscribed right now. And that way you can be notified every time we drop an episode. Because you're rocking with the best. And it's only upwards from here. You're about to see some special stuff this season. Because yes, it's you about are. to be one of the best NBA seasons of all time. We're going to see history being made 75 years. And given the 75 years, I'd love to this season, you know maybe take a trip down memory lane in a few episodes and talk right. about a few of the, a few of the players that some of you guys listening who are new NBA fans might not be familiar with. We might be giving you some, some little historical gems of knowledge as well. But as always, we appreciate you tuning in. We appreciate you rocking with us. If you have any questions for BJ or myself, don't forget tweet me, Please. tweet BJ, yeah. let us know. If you've got any feedback on the podcast, let us know. But more importantly than all of that, you guys know the vibes. Get Buckets.